0: Hello listeners of the ASI Podcast, my name is Russ Shaw, this is episode 140, kicking it off with
1: some Foo Fighters. All my life I've been searching for something, something never comes, never leads to nothing, nothing satisfies, but I'm getting close, closer to the prize at the end of the rope. All night long i dream. Tenth Commandment.
0: Again, my name is Russ Shaw. My email, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff is on the website at asi247.org along with links to download the bumper music in its entirety. That is at the website asi247.org. Click on the music tab. And you can download the songs in their entirety. I play bumper promos. And uh, keeping myself clean with the radio music industry. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, go to the website, ASI247.org. You can download the songs there. You can contact me there. All that information is right there. So, boom, got that out of the way in record time. Uh, Continuing on with the Tenth Commandment. This is one of those um, commandments, right? This is one of those parts of the Bible. This is one of those things that God says, right? Thou shalt not covet. And we look at it and we go, all right, cool. You know, like, all right, I, yeah, I want that. That's good. How do I do that, right? I get it. Thou shalt not, all right? Help, help me, help me shalt not because I, I keep repeating the same behavior. That's addiction, is it not? I don't want this. I don't love this anymore. I don't like it. I've compromised myself, yes. In the past, gave myself over to, created a habit, and now the habit is running my life. I don't like it. I want to, thou shalt not. But I feel stuck. I've been there, all right? Your host, Russ I know how you feel. Man, I've been there. And the truth is, I am going on six years now, clean from sexual addiction. Uh, In the past, drug addiction, alcoholism—yes, I was an—I've been addicted to everything. Um, The things I continue to fight now. um, Food is kind of an issue for me. I'm a little overweight. I'm a little chubby, a little chubbier than I'd like to be. I believe in being honest, right? I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm in the pizza business, okay? I'm a little chubby. But anyway, the debilitating things that we struggle with, what are those and how do we fight them? I mean, there are these rhythms and strains of joy throughout the Bible, and God doesn't want us all bummed out all the time. God wants us to live free, and hopefully that's why you're listening, because sexual addiction is is bad. It hurts. It wounds. Deep scars, right? But if we know it's hurting us, if we know it's lying to us, then why do we return back to it? And that's what I want to touch on today. In the last show, I talked about functional saviors. And in this show, I want to get a level below that and talk about why, like why we chase them and what are some of the functional saviors that are one level deeper than that, right? To unpeel the onion, if you will, and to go another level below some of the surface functional saviors. An analogy that I've used in the show um, in the past, and I'll refresh you for some of you newer listeners. If you haven't heard it, uh, it's a refresher, a reminder, um, this concept of, of queen ants. Like I had a exterminator come to my house, or a friend who was an exterminator. I didn't actually pay him to come in and take care of the problem, but I asked him about the problem. I said, um, I "Got these little h- h- ants, right? They're little called odorous house ants, They're sugar ants. Some people call them. The little tiny black ants, just annoying. And no matter what we could d- we did, you know, traps and poisons and sprays, and man, they would just keep coming back. So." I asked the, the guy, the exterminator, I said, uh, what, do I, what do I do about these ants? And he says, well, the thing about those kind of ants, that breed of ants, is they have multiple queens. He says, so throughout your house, you can have a, a queen ant in your kitchen, you can have a queen ant in your bathroom. They love moisture, they love sugar. And, you know, he said this, and it totally reminded me of fighting addiction, a really good analogy to fighting addiction. He says, you can snuff out the ants on the surface all day long, these, these little ants that you see on the surface. He says, you can spend a lot of time doing that. He says, but if you don't get underneath the floorboards and underneath, right, to the, the queen ant, the, the ants that are birthing out all these other ants, if you don't get to the queen, you're going to keep snuffing out these ants on the surface all day long. And I thought, how brilliant that is. Because there's so much in recovery that just kind of focuses on the behavior, right? The surface behavior. Let's focus on that. Let's get that out of the way. You have a behavior you don't like. Let's, let's attack that behavior. And that's cool, right? I mean, fighting temptations and stuff like that, and what's triggery, what's not triggery, these kinds of things. I don't really like that word. I don't think it goes deep enough. But that's one of the things, right? How much energy do we spend on behavior, on surface things that we see on the surface? And it's, it's, like, it's like going into a raw nerve. Like We don't want to pull up the floorboards, because that's uncomfortable, and it's scary, and it's sometimes painful but I'm going to say it is critically important if you because some of you guys man I've got your emails and, and a lot there's a lot of victory out there. there's a lot of guys have gone you know a year two years been listening to the show and sending me these awesome encouraging emails I love that but there's also some of you who have been stuck for years man you've had some victory and then boom it's gone right it evaporates and you relapse and it's like you know, I'm hurt for you guys what what is it that right? where do you go? What is it that you need to attack? And I, and I pray that, and I know this is uncomfortable, and I know that you've heard this before, more than likely, if you've been listening to me for a while, but again, reminder, what's under the surface? You do flow out. I mean, that's what we do. we pouring out all of the time, and some of these crippling attitudes that can just lead us right to just this crushing weight of i screwed up again for example I, it's one of them relapse i mean if you relapse it's just and that happens man we part of recovery is the fact that we do relapse sometimes there is a very few you're exception to the rule the folks that haven't relapsed i know that there is people who who actually you know the people that pray god please free me from this thing and without a lot of effort on their part god does that for them. That's not my story, but it is for a lot of people and God bless them for that, but they certainly are the exception to the rule. For most of us, man, we're gonna have to go through some pain and it's going to take getting back up when you fall down, when you relapse. right? I, I love this song. It's a reminder of what's true and it's a voice that totally flies in the face of the the lies of the enemy. And it's a song called Accidents Can Happen. I I love this tune. It's by uh, 6 a.m. Here's a bumper. Check it out.
1: Don't give up. It takes a while. I have seen this look before. And it's alright. You're not alone don't love this anymore. I hear that you slipped again. I'm here cause I know
0: Love that lyric, it's not your whole life, it's only one day, you haven't thrown everything away. I love that song, it gets right in the face of the liar that says you screwed up everything. Massive despair that happens when relapse happens, attacking our very soul, attacking our very heart, right, where we're at and where we're moving forward. It's, it's like it just envelops you in this dark place of Right, I'm just here. This is a weird lie that we believe. I'm just going to arrive here, man. Life is a series of right news, things that happen, um, events. We don't just arrive at one place. That's not true, right? But so I love that 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 lyric, you know, because it goes right to the heart. The heart, right? Getting out of this kind of, you know, your whole mind and your uh, brain chemistry and all that stuff's great. You know, the dopamine that runs through your... All that stuff is yes, but what's below that? Let's let's get underneath some of that. You know, we can open the hood on our cranium and talk about carburetors and fuel injectors, but let's talk about the direction of the vehicle. Pedal to the floor, driving in the direction of what, shelter? or wants, right? I mean, the difference between what we want and what we need. And again, it's like I talked about in the last show, that internal heart condition, right? Let the music play, this energy that comes flowing out, the rhythm of our soul. It's a funny line that we cross with needs and wants because I think this is, again, a reflection of the theological, of the spiritual over the psychological needs and wants, not just making an argument, but pointing out the truth that we are spirit-led creatures. Like I have friends, I know people in tough economic times who will still buy their Seahawks tickets, right? the Seattle Seahawks football is starting here in the United States. And, you know, that's a, a, a want, not a need, right? Is it? Well, is it? Because some of these guys will argue that, you know, they go there and it makes them feel alive. I mean, there's something to that. That's part of what we're created to do. You know, these guys, they buy the tickets, they go into the stadium, and it is electric. The whole place lights up, and you're in that place with all these people. Touchdown, Wow! You know, everybody's, woo, freaking out at those moments. And now we've traded Matt Hasselbeck and a lot of... A lot of that last year was a lot of letdown, right? There's a lot of times those guys paid a lot of money for tickets and were let down. But that's part of what I'm talking about here, right? This is worship, okay? This is the theological realization of worship. We take created things, good things. It's not sinful to go to a Seahawks game, right? We covet we right we take things that aren't don't belong to us and we want them because we feel that sense of worship we feel that sense that they're going to light us up inside so we chase that sexual addiction is like that we take a good thing that god created and we make it a god thing we have a certain separation from god here right This sin nature that we live with right? while we're here, the vampire that lives inside you, doing this series of shows, doing all of these podcasts. I'm talking about you and the dark vampire self that lives inside you and putting that thing to death. I mean, that is recovering from sexual addiction, is it not? You have something that is going on inside of you that you do not want to do, but you keep doing it anyway. It causes you tears, it causes your pain, it causes your family pain, but you keep returning back to it. And I'm here to tell you, it's because there's a certain side of you, a certain part of you, that exists in you that wants to. We have a sin nature. That is the human condition. That is the problem. That is the battle we all fight throughout our lives. It's not yin and yang, right? And when the two intertwine. No, you're fighting that evil side of you. Yes, there is darkness in the world, and there is that, you know, the book of Psalms is going to speak to a lot of darkness. A lot of those songs in the book of Psalms are kind of bluesy metal songs, right? David's just talking about what's dark and how it hurts. And one of the biggest things I want you to see is that sin is not an out there kind of discrepancy, you know. That's the thing about music, and the Psalms are music. I heard a guy say that the Psalms are kind of the soundtrack of the Old Testament. Um, the soundtrack of our heart. Have you ever had a piece of music just ping your heart? Like, yeah, I feel like that. Like, yeah, that makes sense to me it stirs something within you right inside your heart gets stirred and you hear that music and you go boom you know yeah i relate i get that it's kind of meshes in with the rhythm of your soul music that is kind of the soundtrack of the internal life right my internal heart condition these sins are not out there issues, right? I mean, so many people spend so much energy, and I could do a whole show on that. I have in the past on, you know, out focusing out there as the problem when it is, again, an internal heart condition. We flowing out all of the time. And this isn't just wires in a box or cognitive architecture, all right? Yeah, some of it has to do with that, all right? Let's go to biology and truth for a moment. Um, I've been listening to a series of lectures on cognitive neuroscience, cognitions, which are thoughts, studying the brain. Right, like you have gray matter and white matter. All right, did you know that you're not just gray matter up there in your head? You have white matter. So these connective tissues, these axons and dendritic trees that stretch across your mind and make connections. Over time, as we grow, um, these connections get longer. Right, they get more entangled, more ingrained. I forget who the psychologist that said um, like spider webs into Tables, habits form, right? Motor skills form. So I get psychology, right? I don't get all of it, but I get, right, the science of psychology. I I I pray for you guys who have therapists. You know, I always ask. Um, Somebody emails me, yes, get a good therapist. Be discerning. Ask questions. I think you should get a therapist that's a Christian, all right? You're going to let somebody speak into your life. They're going to have a certain doctrine that they're going to teach you that they have learned from a professor or something like that. And ultimately, you know, what is it? Are they cognitive behavioral therapists? Are they psychologists? Are they family psych? I mean, where do they get their degree? Ask these kinds of questions. But mainly, the biggest question I want to know is, are they Christian? Where is their heart? Where? What is their spiritual, right? Even if they say they're a Christian, they're still, you know, really? Yeah, I mean, that word's been drugged through the mud so much because a lot of people who profess Christianity aren't, right? So, yes, I have the same discernment for a Christian counselor as well. Someone who calls himself a Christian counselor. Or a lot of them are just a psychologist with a Bible. And it's, it's just a lot of information. It's just a lot of stuff. And ultimately, here's the deal. The roots, the very bare roots of this kind of secular psychology is personal fulfillment. All right? That's my danger Right, that's that's what I, I worry about with you seeing you know a psychologist because your insurance will pay for it and it's cheap like that. You just go to the guy who right, it's got the pill. I, I don't know, that stuff doesn't always work. By the way, for a lot of us, sexual addicts, the side effects that come with um, being treated for depression, uh, most of the time, from people I've talked to, um, those sexual side effects that you know, to dumb down your sexual desire, sexual drive, usually don't work with sex addicts. I'm just saying that about medication, all right? It's not for everybody. Not everybody should be on medication. Um, That's not just me speaking, all right? That's very world-renowned psychologists. And as far as side effects go, um, antidepressants don't always kill your sex drive. And that's not the point. You don't want to kill your sex drive. God, lo- God created sex. All right. I like sex. I do. I'm not talking about destroying your sexual desire. That's horrible. My point is that uh, I just pray that you're going to go find a counselor. You're going to find a therapist. Find someone who has a spiritual life. Who has some kind of sense of knowing some theology. And who loves and cares about you, who actually listens to you for real, knows your name, that's a big one, and is not just going to fill you with yourself. Because that can feel really good, right? It can feel really good for you to someone to tell you how wonderful you are and how great you are and how you're just this perfect little snowflake. And all that stuff's great, and yes, we do have that positive side of us. We do have that loving side of our heart. Every single person has that. I'm, I'm convinced of that. The most hardened, evil criminal sitting in prison has some part of his heart that's good. The problem is that vampire sin nature that's in every single one of us is constantly trying to buy more real estate. It's like Matt Chandler's church in Texas. He says, um, church is a place, it's an okay place to not be okay. But it's not an okay place to stay not okay. Does that make sense? We're all on a journey. We live with our flaws. We work through where we're at. And we look to the real Savior, who is Jesus. And some of you don't believe that. And I get that. And I hear you. But hear me out, all right? What if it's true? All right, Jesus isn't going to, the apostles and people that are hurting, they come to Jesus. He doesn't talk about dendritic trees and connective tissue and cognitive neuroscience. They had no idea what that stuff was. God did. God created it. But is he going to go, you know, why would he waste his time on that? Jesus is going to constantly not even go to behavior, right? Behavior is up here on the surface. Jesus is going to go directly for the heart. That's why he constantly answers questions like, you know, they're waiting for some yes or no answer and Jesus is going to, oh, well, there was a guy with a wine press and then he brought a donkey, right? That's how Jesus answered questions because he was constantly trying to get to the heart issue. And the message that God has for us when God entered time and space as the son, as Jesus Christ, his message to us was you get me. Right, you get this relationship with me. John chapter four, um, around verse four, Jesus talks to this woman at the well, you know, and he knows she's jacked up. She's like living with a dude she's not married to. She's had five other boyfriends before him, you know, just a kind of a in a jacked up kind of state. And she talks a great story if you want to read it in um, the book of John chapter four. Um, but he tells this woman, "You're, you're thirsty, right? You're thirsty for something, and I have something. You drink from me. You won't thirst anymore. And this deep part of you, this deep thirst, this deep appetite way down in there, way in your soul, I've got water for you. And if you drink that water, you continue to drink that water, you won't thirst anymore Build a relationship with me, Jesus says over and over again in the Bible. The law, right? We know the law, the Ten Commandments. All right, you know, on the preschool wall, we don't obey them. We're broken creatures who can't do the basic law. And Jesus doesn't come with more rules or more things to do or another stack of books that you need to read to fix yourself. Jesus says, come to me, those of you who are heavy laden and heavy burden, and I will give you rest, right? Come to me. This is not psychology. This is not religion. This is a relationship with the living god here check this out um this is from uh the book of of timothy Uh, the apostle paul is teaching this guy timothy and warning him that there will be people that because timothy's calling is to deliver good news right to tell people about jesus to to right to move move that news out you know, there was no news media, there was no Twitter or Facebook. I mean, so Timothy is 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 called to this, and he wants to do this, and, and the Apostle Paul is warning him. Um, this is Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 starting in verse 2 for men will be lovers of themselves right he's telling them to warn from these kind of teachers all right warn he's warning them from the oprah religion which is just kind of well there's many ways to god and i can connect with god how i want it's really based on how i feel no no there's a system to god he has his own story you don't get to make up god's story you know matt chandler in texas i loved his analogy he's like um i love my wife's black hair and her beautiful right her beautiful um green eyes and you know i just love her and he you know oh she's so awesome and uh the truth is his wife is blonde and has blue eyes okay that would go bad all right god has his story getting to know god is not making up our own story for him all right my cat, Pastor Rick at AC3 talked about this, and my cat's done this too. Like, a cat will bring a dead thing, right? Lay it at the, my feet and go, here you go, I love you, I brought this to you, I'm awesome, right? And I'm looking at that going, "Uh, that's great, but yeah, you keep killing the rats, I think that's awesome, pat you on the back, but I don't want that, All right? So, building a relationship with God, there is one true God, and that's not about religion. So, anyway, back to, sorry, back to Timothy. Um, What what does he tell Timothy? He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents. Um, I think it's funny that he throws that in there, you know. Anyway, the young people are in there too, right? Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, disobeyers of good, despisers of good, um, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. All right? Now hear me out. This is not just your secular psychologist. This is also the, the guy who just talks about religion and doesn't talk about Jesus, right? Like I've heard Christian podcasts and Christian sermons where the guy talks an hour and doesn't even mention Jesus. Just a bunch of information. A bunch of shoulds and ought tos. A list of do's and don'ts. Having a form of godliness but denying its power punching through the head knowledge right to the heart, right? Getting past this, you know, Baptist, Presbyterian, um, assemblies of God, uh, cognitive therapies, family psychology, right? We're all like, fix me, fix me, I need a savior. We make a good thing, a God thing, and we start to cling to this relationship with the counselor or the doctor, and we Ugh, this person's got to save me, right? Um, Yes, it's good to listen to your counselors. Yes, it's good to get, right, instruction. But when our angst is up so high that this person is responsible for saving me, that's just not right. But it is the instruction that changes our heart, right? Our heart gets changed and we, we go to the counselor, we go, give me something to do. I need some instruction because I don't know how to do this. I'm stuck and I keep repeating the same behaviors and it's killing me inside. It's hurting me. It's hurting my family. I can see the future if I don't change this. So give me something to do. And that's where we have to be discerning about our counsel, right? There's a big difference in being led predominantly by instruction than there is being changed by news and then given instruction As a result, right, news, the good news of the gospel changes the heart, and then out of the overflow of the heart, you move forward with instruction. If it's backwards, and that's what I get so frustrated with when the energy is so focused on instruction, instruction takes center stage this kind of spiritual hope that's given out, if you can do the instruction, right? It's like a functional savior, like a bait and switch, you know? The savior is, read this book, right? Or do this class, or do this instruction. And you get kind of jazzed up in your heart, right? Because you're entering into getting on this, you know, path of purity or, you know, recovery, whatever you want to call it. So you have that kind of energy that goes, moves forward. But it's a false gospel savior if the instruction is the predominant energy behind it. The good news of the gospel is you're already free, you're already pure, you're already set free by Jesus Christ, now you can do the instruction. The bad news, the false gospel, the functional savior of the kind of self-help movement is if you can, here's, here's a path of instruction, if you can do it, then you'll be free. It's backwards. Again, it's going back to Romans 1, when we take the creation and we put it above the creator we have addiction we have a functional savior we have an idol we have a false god and what i'm saying here is yes it's good to get in recovery it's good to get a counselor it is good these things are good accountability partner but when right there's an emotional promise made all right when the motion takes the center stage the promise is the right on the throne of your heart you're gonna do it man you're gonna get in there you're going to get this done you with your power are gonna make it happen that doesn't work long term it's an emotionally charged impact on where you're headed in the direction of my own queen ant personal fulfillment by my own queen ant willpower And when that idol of willpower fails us, which it inevitably does, then despair sets in. And then we don't want to even go forward with the the instruction or the steps or the curriculum or the program or the accountability partner, right? We quit because the pain of the depression, right, the disappointment in ourselves, that's the problem is that the energy was only based in yourself. That's why you go to despair. That's why you quit. Relapse happens. And I know I said it's not a thorn in the flesh thing, it's a worship thing, but listen, your relationship with God is that he loves you even in your relapse, even in your sin, he loves you and he's rooting for you. And he wants you to follow him, even if that means having to break your religious addiction to the rules and the right the system of doctrine of the scribes and pharisees. Jesus says that. It's in the Bible. Watch out for the leaven of the scribes and pharisees. And I believe he wants you to see where this motivational energy how that can be wrong, how it can be a functional savior, how it can be sin if it's not channeled correctly. See, like the queen-ant analogy, it's the surface thing we get excited about. Underneath that is our willpower. And when our willpower fails us, we go to pride and faking it. Like, look at all these other good things over here that I do. Or we go to the pride in our brokenness. Like, I always screw everything up, right? That was my big one. I sat in a group with a guy, and he's like, you know, I have this kind of religious addiction. He says, I believe I'm better than everyone here. And I said, you know what? I kind of have the same religious addiction, where I think I'm worse than everyone here. With my bad boy, slack-jawed, rock-and-roll attitude, you know, I would have this, well, i drop out. And we get that attitude, don't we? Some of you out there, I attract an audience that's a lot like me, it seems like. There's kind of pride to becoming a quitter. So we quit, and that feels good too, because once you quit, right, there's a little emotional hit that goes on that says, I'm out of here, right? I've quit that. I've gone AWOL, and now I'm free. It's just a functional definition of freedom, isn't it? It's the queen ant of stubbornness, and it puts us right back where we started. Listen, the truth is... When there's no thankfulness, when there's no adoration towards the Creator, when there's no pursuit of Him in relationship, we, we tend to just fall apart, right? That is true, is it not? And that's what I love about the Psalms. The Psalms are this constant kind of pouring out by David, um, trying to realign his heart back to the Creator when life gets jacked up. God enters in and affects our heart and soul. In a way that's so much deeper and so much more real than our mere chasing and emotionally charged, running after, short-term functional saviors. I pray that you get that. You're a spirit-led creature and you're emotionally charged, running after not long term, and I've talked to so many people that have been through so many different recoveries that once they got out of this addiction, they jumped right into another one. And sexual addiction seems to be that thing, right, that after the drug addiction and after the, after the alcohol addiction, there's so many people that are oh, right now I'm here. And listen, sexual addiction is devastating. It's, it's deadly in venereal diseases, yeah, but it's also devastating to your legacy. To the definition of love that you pass on to your kids and your kids kids does that make sense this functional savior of instruction okay great my whole question is going to be over and over again what is the motivation behind you getting free and what is how do you define freedom i pray that our eyes are opened and we become aware to these religious or psychological oversimplifications the tenth commandment and the point of not coveting is realizing that putting what we're putting our faith in right defining freedom is basically what you put your faith in your faith the the things unseen we're driving towards things unseen what is seen is passing away right relationships your stuff your career all that stuff is passing away we put massive amount of stock in what our, the Joneses have, things like that, right? It's all just this stuff on the surface. It's just this queen ants. It's just what the stuff we see on the surface, and it's all passing away. Real strength is found in what is not seen. The, the inside life, your eternal life, this, this life of that lived on the inside in our soul, in our heart. I hope I'm articulating this to where you can understand. Um, you're invested in things that are you invested in? I'll, re- I'll phrase that as a question. Are you invested in things that are right? Your wife, your kids, knowing they're safe, knowing that they know you, knowing that they you care about them, your husband ladies, I mean, these kinds of relationships, digging deeper, knowing in your knower, letting them know in their knower that, that you love them, that they're loved. Being a follower of Christ, worshiping Jesus Christ is having that attitude. It's, it's a gifted attitude. It's the gift of grace through faith, and even the faith to have the gift, it, it, the faith to move forward is a gift, right? But we have to work for it, man. We have to chase it. We have to learn how to be in relationship with Christ. It is a gift. Again, don't waste your disaster. If, if you're one of those folks that God is having you go through some seasons of pain, man, count it all glory, all right? 1 Peter five ten. this is in the NIV. And the God of all grace, who called you to his, his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered for a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. That's one of those promises, right? So I pray that our eyes are open to refocusing our treasure. That treasure principle right? Because listen, if your treasure is tied up in what's going on in your heart, if your treasure is tied up in Jesus Christ, if your treasure is tied up in following him, even the, the hard stuff, right? You deal with it better. You deal with your relationships better. You deal with your job better. You deal with the struggles and hardships of life better if you're free down in your soul. If you're invested in your heart, if you're worshiping Jesus and asking him to cleanse and purify your heart, we become less reactionary, less angry, because we realize it's not all about us. Rick Warren wrote this book, and for three years it was on the bestsellers list, the number one most-selling book in the world. It's called The Purpose-Driven Life. And the first three words of that book were this, it's not about you. Your gifts, your talents, your success, the energy that's flowing out of you, out of who you are, is not about you. Chasing happiness is shallow and fleeting. And that pursuit of that short-term happiness just locks us in a prison that keeps us away from long-term joy. Joy is the language of the Bible. Happiness is, is fleeting and it goes out quick. Joy is what's carried on in the heart while you're suffering because you know why you're doing it. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, email me russ at asi247.org. I'm going to close the show with a, a verse from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 16. This is from the uh, New King James Version. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working out for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are not seen are temporary, but the things that are seen are eternal. 9-11, 9-11, um, 10th anniversary just happened, and there was a lot of stuff on the news, and there's a lot of stuff I watched, a lot of stuff I listened to, and some of the family members released uh, tapes, audio tapes, from loved ones who were in the Twin Towers when the planes hit, um, and they didn't come home, right? These were voice messages of people who perished in the Twin Towers. And over and over again, every single one of them said, I love you. Remember, I love you. I love you, honey. I love the kids. I love you so much. Just remember that and carry that on throughout your life. Man, I'm getting emotional as I think about it, right? I mean, it's that treasure and listen, the truth is that God is good, and we will live beyond this life. This isn't the end. That's the truth. Okay, all right, I'm going to recollect myself and gather everything up and end the show here. i leave you with another bumper by that song, um, Accidents Can Happen, and it totally um, exposes and, and relates to the attitude of God. Um, the 10th commandment. I'm going to leave you with this. I love you guys. Again, um, my name is Russ Shaw. The website's ASI247.org. If you could leave a donation, man, I'd certainly appreciate it. Until next time, man, I, I love you guys. I-, I do, I mean that sincerely. More than money, man, pray for me. Uh, until next time, bye. Take
1: some time. Learn to breathe. And remember